0: We'd like to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast. I mean, they're a new sponsor, but they're also an old friend of mine. I'm talking about Lifetime Windows and Siding. I have endorsed... Lifetime windows and siding for a long, long time. They are the most trusted siding company in Colorado. Thinking about making a change to your windows or siding, choose from classic or contemporary looks to take your home to the next level. And you'll also feel great about your choice because their sales team uses a no-pressure, consultative approach, and they carry only the highest quality products like James Hardy Siding, the number one siding brand in all of North America. And they offer a lifetime warranty that covers all labor and covers all materials check it out for yourself all you have to do is go to lifetimewindows.com for information on choices consultations and installation that's lifetime windows and siding. transform your home with the one you trust this week on the dave logan podcast uh-oh. Melvin fumbles the ball, and the Raiders have picked it up. This is Meek Robertson with the 15-10-5 touchdown. What was the first thing that went through your mind, Broncos fan? I am speechless. You probably wanted to cut Melvin Gordon, didn't you? Jamonte Williams is hurt and done for the year, so you're sure as hell not going to cut Melvin Gordon. You have to find a way to resurrect him. And give him another opportunity. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. Podcast number, is it 141 or 142?
1: It's 141. 141,
0: and 141.
1: 141 weeks of your life that has been...
0: That I cannot get back.
1: Or that has been great.
0: Been, oh, it's been great. It's absolutely been stellar.
1: It has. Yes. David, how are you?
0: Better than the Broncos were. In Las Vegas, I, you know what I've been—I've been well. Good. Um, not exactly sure at this point. You know, when you think about the Broncos and where they are, two and two, we, we are taping this on uh, Tuesday of the week following the Raiders game, so they play in a little more than forty-eight hours. Yes. In what? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> you talk to NFL people, Russell Wilson or Nathaniel Hackett or anybody. I mean, any any NFL people, and they'll say every week is a big week. Every week is a must-win. I get that. But, man, they really need to win. I don't care if they have four first downs and all they score is three points. If the defense can hold Indianapolis to a safety, then they really need this victory at home Thursday.
1: So we are going to preview that Colts game, which, like you said, is just right around the corner. The most disappointing part of the Broncos' loss to the Raiders was the Melvin Gordon fumble or the defense not showing up, maybe like we've seen them initially in the first part of the season.
0: I would take door number three for 200. I would say the most disappointing part of that game, you lose Javante Williams for the entire year. You lose Randy Gregory for, they could say, or they say up to, Six weeks. And that's, listen, I mean, he had arthroscopic surgery, no ACL damage, but it just depends on how how quickly he can get back. So you lose, I mean, you lose those two guys, and you lost Tim Patrick in the preseason. So I I think you could have made the case that Tim Patrick and Javante Williams were two of the most three or four important offensive players going into the season, and now you've lost two of those three or four. So, yeah, but to answer your question, um, the fumble, it changed. It, it just changed the vibe of the game. Yes. And um, the game is tied at 10 at that point. They've already gone toward a fourth down on that drive. They've picked it up. I think they're going to go down and score, and they're going to be ahead 17 to 10. So I've had a lot of people, uh, I've heard a lot of shows. I've had people ask me, In the last 48 hours, what about Melvin Gordon? Why is he on the team? Why? Well, I mean, the answer is it's a combination of things. One, Javante Williams is hurt and done for the year. So you're sure as hell not going to cut Melvin Gordon right now. You're just not going to do it. You have to find a way to resurrect him and give him another opportunity. And I know he's had four fumbles this year, and he's had five fumbles in his last five games. I get that. And and I'm also of the mind, you can't keep putting the ball on the ground. I mean, you're gonna, you're going to lose games. And he has, you know, he's accountable to his teammates more so than anybody else. And they know. So, you know, you pull for a guy. He's your guy. He's your teammate. But sooner or later, you know, you sort of look and say, bro, I mean, what are we doing here? So, that said, he's going to get the start against the Colts. And I, if for his sake, I hope that he plays well and that he hangs on to the football. I'm interested to see um, if he changes his running style a bit. Because I I think, honestly, if you took the fumbles out of the equation, which you cannot, but if you did for the sake of the discussion, I think Melvin Gordon is running this year better than I've seen him maybe all the way back to his first couple of years in San Diego. I mean, he is... He is hard to get in the ground. He's running with authority. He's been decisive. He has broken tackles. Um, I, I love the way he is running this year. And it just comes down to you cannot put the ball on the ground.
1: Because he has fumbled so much. It's almost like back in the day when the ref would call holding. You'd be like, oh, my God, if it's 72, I'm going to punch my hand in the wall. Right. So it's just become his he gets the ball and you're you're worried about what's going to happen. What is that all about? Is that completely now psychological because he's trying to play his way to be the starter? He's been the guy for so long. Or what is this?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's in his head. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think the fact that uh, he was sharing carries with Javante. I mean, last year he was the starter. Right. Then he goes into free agency. Nobody nobody makes him an offer. And so he's sort of a late, hey, by the way, if you'd like to come back, we'll bring you back, but only with this sort of compensation uh, higher. So, I mean, I, I, I'll say this again. I like the way he's played except for the fumbles. I did not like the move, and I said so on the air when they re-signed him. I think if you're going to make Javante your guy. We did talk about that, um, right? Then you you make him your guy. If, it, if the NFL's, you know, it's kind of an interesting place. Locker rooms are they're really interesting in terms of the dynamics of the locker room. If you've been a starter with the team, and then all of a sudden they're bringing you back, and and the and the young guy is now the starter. um there may be guys in the locker room that initially thought, hey, Melvin should be starting over Javante. I just think you ask you ask for problems that you really don't need. I said at the time that I thought the Broncos, by bringing back Melvin Gordon, that to me was an indication that they weren't completely sold on how Javante would do or if he would hold up. And I also said... On this podcast and even on the Daily Show last year, I admired Javante so much with how he runs and his tenacity and toughness and willingness to throw his body up in there. But even in his rookie year, I said, you know what, I I hope this kid modifies how he runs a little bit because it is impossible for a running back to run like he ran in his rookie season and stay healthy for any length of time. I don't care how talented you are. You cannot take shots like he took last year and stay healthy. So that might have factored into the Broncos deciding to bring Melvin Gordon back. But I do think the fumbling thing is in his head. I think he has to understand that second and third effort at times um, is probably not the smart thing to do. He's got to have situational awareness you know, if it's third down and three and you're on the three yard line, then yeah, OK, I'm, I'm going to give that second effort to try to get the ball across the goal line. But if you're out in the middle of the field on a first down run, um, you know, and y- is it worth it to try to get that extra yard when you've got guys ripping at the ball? And now, I mean, everybody is coached every single time they play the Broncos. Hey, 25 fumbles the ball. Right? You get somebody holding him up, rip the ball out. The ball's coming out. So he's going to get more of that than most any other running back in the league because of what he's put on tape.
1: So, talk about if it's in his head. There is, I mean, he's going to be the guy on Thursday night, but there's also a lot of pressure in that because if he has a bad game, chances are the Broncos make a move, right? Like, you just can't keep a, ro- a guy on the roster that continually puts the ball on the ground. Now, if he has a really good game, then I think he buys himself some time. Am I wrong?
0: No, I think that I think George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett are in a precarious position, right? I mean, if, if Javante Williams doesn't get hurt, and even if the Broncos lose 32 23, and Williams is healthy for Thursday night's game after Melvin Gordon fumbled against Las Vegas, I'm not sure Melvin even gets in the game against the Colts. That's just how the league works. Mm-hmm. But Javante Williams isn't healthy, and he's out for the year. And so that's also how the league works. You, you're you convinced, like, okay, that's it. We're not going any further. Okay, wait a minute. The first team running back is done for the season? All right, we better be smart enough to resurrect Melvin and resurrect him psychologically because, listen, we're going to have to roll with this dude at least for a while. We have to get something out of him. They can't go into the... I mean, they signed Latavius Murray, and I really like that move. I mean, I don't know what he's got left. It's his ninth season. But you talk about a big, um, powerful, tackle-breaking dude that is hard to get in the ground. I mean, that guy has always been that. But, you know, that's going to take a while for him to get acclimated to the system. Mike Boone, I think, runs hard. He's quicker then the other backs, is he a guy that can run it 17 to 20 times a game? I i don't know. I, I would say probably no. So you have to get production out of Melvin Gordon, and it has to start Thursday night against the Colts.
1: So we'll still talking about injuries. This is a, a lesser injury, but still to the starting quarterback with Russell Wilson. He's confident he's going to play on Thursday. He says he doesn't have any limitations. He has the shoulder injury, but he will be listed as limited.
0: Yeah, he's fine. I mean... <laughs> No, he's fine. I mean, you have to, the league now has to report, like if after a game or during a game, if you say, "Hey, you know what? My ankle, uh, it twisted just a little bit." They have to report that. They have to report it. So you are automatically at that point going to be listed as either limited or questionable. But I will guarantee you, Russell Wilson plays on Thursday night, and he is fine.
1: So. They didn't. The Broncos didn't win the game, but we did see improvements offensively from Russell Wilson, especially in the first half. Are we getting there? Do you feel better about what you're seeing from him?
0: Um, yeah, I thought he did some good things in the first half. In particular, they had a hard time getting getting going in the second half. I think um, I think he's at his best. And again, I've said this before: when he can sort of freelance from time to time. You know, calling the first four games here, uh, I, I have at times thought that he wants to stay in the pocket and be successful from the pocket a little bit more than he needs to. Um, I think he can, he can throw from the pocket and he can win from the pocket. But if you look at his greatness over 10 years in Seattle, it's been his ability to, when things break down, to with his legs get a first down to run that's what frustrates the defense right um and and we haven't seen we saw that in the last drive against San Francisco and we saw that uh you know a handful of times against the Raiders so you know i th- i think that um I think his play has been, I think his play has been fine. I think a lot of people, you know, look at, look at the number and look at the contract and the new contract that he has, which kicks in, I think three years from now, two years from now. And they think, you know, this is a guy we should throw at 50 times a game and he should be 42 of 50 for 458 and four touchdowns and no picks. Well, that's, that's unrealistic. Plus, this team is not built that way. You, you know, I mean, it, it, it just isn't. Um, this team, with this offense, is built on running the ball and getting involved in play pass after you run it, uh, moving Russell in the pocket with boots or design uh, rolls, getting him out of the pocket, letting him do a few things. And, um, you know, they, they've got to try to find a way to generate some big plays uh, without, uh, you know, Tim Patrick with uh, Jerry Judy, who's been nicked up, with K.J. Hamler, who had a big reception against the Raiders, but still I can just watch him run, and I know that he is not at full speed yet. Now you're without Javante Williams, who um, is one of the leading uh, rushers and receivers out of the backfield. So, I mean, they, and they've had zero – I mean, I shouldn't say zero. Very little production from the tight end spot. I cannot, I, I, I cannot figure out what's going on with Albert Oque-Bunam. Um his snaps – have dropped precipitously from week one, two, three, four. He played, I think, one or two snaps against the Raiders. And he
1: played Raiders. in the preseason, right? Which was eye-opening. Played in the
0: preseason. And when what, no starters what, did. Yeah, right. And what that tells me is they are not happy with him. They're trying to send a message, whether it's his, his inline blocking or whether it's uh, his consistency catching the ball or understanding what the route call is, um, whatever it is. The fact that he's gone from 40 snaps in week one to one in week four, that obviously is a bad trend. And it tells me the coaching staff is not they don't have confidence in him for whatever reason.
1: So spe- still staying on Russell Wilson, we have a, a very big Bronco fan that lives in Seattle. Her name's Jill. She listens religiously. What's dad, up, Jill? Her dad, Chip, listens religiously. Mm-hmm. So she How are you doing, me Chip? Her
0: dad's Chip? Chip and Jill.
1: Chip and Jill. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: So this is from Jill, who listens also religiously to sports talk in Seattle. So she has, she's our like inside person in Seattle. She said, "Okay, so is it Hackett's coaching or is it Russ? The narrative in Seattle was always that Pete Carroll was the problem. The CX are doing pretty well with Geno Smith, and the theory now is that Pete wasn't the problem. The problem was Russ. Now he goes to Denver, and the offense can't get it together, and everyone is throwing Hackett under the bus. Not that I like either of them, but what's the narrative in Denver?"
0: She doesn't like either either person? Hm. Um I I think the narrative <laughs> is this. I think and, and I've said this before as well. Nathaniel Hackett, not that he's the first coach to do so, but he went against the grain, the NFL grain, um, with how he conducted the preseason. Right, and that's what he learned at Green Bay, and it was successful. But you also had a veteran quarterback, that's one of the best in the world, and a, a guy that understood Matt Lafleur's offense also. So, when you go against the grain in the NFL and you don't play any of your starters, or for the most part, none of your starters in the preseason, and you, and your practice routine is different than the NFL norm, you're right. I mean, you have two days on, and then one day's a walkthrough, and then I mean, it was not. It was not the grind that we are used to seeing from an NFL training camp and preseason. It just wasn't. So when you do that, it's imperative that you win. That And then if you win, you can say, see, you know what? I told you. I told you. Right. But if you don't win and you don't win as much nor as quickly as fans expect you to win, Then they get to turn around and say, "Okay, well, this is because you didn't hit at all in in training camp. Mm -hmm. You didn't play any of your starters in the preseason. So that's just the nature of the beast in the NFL. I do think that the offense has struggled some to sort of find um, any sort of continuity and timing. And I do think and I said it, this is not second guessing because I said it when they did it. I would have played those starters not, not a hell of a lot, but I would have gotten then some snaps in the preseason. I, I, I really would have. I don't think you cannot get guys, um, what, whatever word, you, calloused. Um, you know, they've got to learn uh, to play through some soreness. I mean, that's what training camp is for. So, yes, uh, you know, but I mean, the first week against Seattle, the offense of the Broncos moves up and down the field, right? They just they weren't good in the red zone. Houston, they they struggled. Uh, San Francisco, that's one of the best defensive teams in the league. And they found a way late in the game to put an 80-yard drive together in 12 plays and go score the what turned out to be the winning touchdown. And then last week against the Raiders, I mean, the Raiders played with desperation. The Broncos did not. When a team rushes for 200-plus yards and and... You know, and then you offensively don't capitalize on great field position every time you get it, you know, that, that's going to happen. But, I, yeah, I, again, everybody's trying to analyze what's wrong with the Broncos. Um, I think it's a combination, combination of things. And that's why I think no matter, no matter how they do it, High-scoring, low-scoring, uh, Melvin Gordon fumbles five times, but they still find a way to win. They they need desperately to win this game on Thursday night against Indianapolis.
1: So now, as the season goes on, I keep going back to what you said when we found out, and you said continuously, when Russell Wilson was acquired, the expectations just went through the roof yeah. and went into the most likely unrealistic Stratosphere. Stratosphere. And so now that's, I just, that's all I can think about. Well, and a few other things, but that's where we are because all some people, Tim Patrick's talking about Super Bowl or bust, or, you know, we went to some pretty huge. What did I
0: say when we talked about the Tim Patrick comment, Super Bowl or bust? Do you remember?
1: After you laughed?
0: No, no, no. I I, I love players with that mindset, but listen, I mean, you got to get to the playoffs first. Right. I mean, that's great. And I love Tim Patrick. And and they yeah. sorely miss Tim Patrick because Tim Patrick is a is an accountable wide receiver. He digs safeties out in the run game. He's got toughness. He'll catch the ball in traffic. He's dependable. All those things. They don't have any of them this season without Tim Patrick uh being there. But but his comment Fans love to hear that. Oh yeah, Super Bowl or bust. Oh, yeah. But that, I mean, football. just doesn't work that way, man. It's, you can't just plug somebody in and say, "Hey, they've been a great player here." It's a new staff, uh, a brand new system. We got a brand new quarterback. Um, you know, we've got a we've got a head coach and most of his coaches that have never been in the positions they're in now. And by the way, we're just going to hit the ground running. And hell, we'll be thirteen and four. That's not how football works. It it just there's too many. Variables and too many things going on that that you know need that meticulous timing and reps over and over and over. And you and I talked about this. Peyton Manning, his first year here. This is Peyton Manning, who by the way did play in the preseason. Um, they are two and three after five games of the regular season. They go to San Diego on a Monday night game and and they're down twenty four to nothing at halftime. So they're fixing to be two and four with Peyton Manning at quarterback and all of the work he put in and he played in the preseason they come back and win the game 35-24 and they go on to have a very good year but I mean, if he didn't get off that, they, they, the Broncos didn't get off to the stellar start when he was here. It just takes, it takes a minute.
1: That puts it a lot in perspective. Before we take a break to talk about the Colts, there was a lot of chatter right after the game about the Broncos trying to maybe sign Philip Lindsay, or maybe that was just people with high hopes that really love Philip Lindsay. What do you think about that? Um, he didn't fumble a lot.
0: No, I, I love Philip. Um, you know, I, I would take Philip on any football team that I coached. I, I I, don't. I mean, if you're asking me, do the Broncos think that Philip Lindsay would have been a better bet than Latavius Murray? Uh, the answer would be no. Mm-hmm. And I think largely due to the success that Murray's had and his size. Um, but I, w- I would take, you know, I would take Philip Lindsay on any team I coached and find a place because he's just a football player. Right. Uh, Murray. And, and Melvin Gordon, as I sit here and think about this, are in the top five in the league for most yards rushing by active players, by active running backs. I mean, both those guys, Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray, have had really uh, outstanding moments running the ball. So I, I, I don't know that Phillip uh, with the Colorado thing was ever going to be um, a guy that they, they truly wanted to bring back.
1: Okay. When we come back, we are going to take a quick look at the Colts. We'll be right back.
0: Let me take a minute and talk about Molly's Spirits. Stop at Molly's Spirits, and it's always a great idea. Molly's selection of beer, wine, and spirits is unparalleled. We've talked about them forever. From the classic favorites to their unique staff picks, you're always going to walk away from the Molly's experience with exactly what you wanted – Maybe even more. How many times have you been to the big warehouse liquor stores and you can't find somebody to help? I mean, you're looking for something and there's nobody there to help you. That will not happen at Molly's. I guarantee you that. They have an educated staff who are really passionate about helping you find exactly what you want. That perfect choice for you. And they're not hard to find when you need them either. So treat yourself to the Molly's experience. It's truly an awesome one. Stop by their lakeside location at 44th and Harland or they're in the DTC located in the Arapahoe Marketplace. That's on the west side next to Sprout's. Also, make sure you check out their Facebook page for information on their free tastings throughout the month, and also a lot of fun special events. Molly's Spirits, covering Colorado's boozy desires. You know, it's always nice to talk about Boyer's Coffee. They say life is about some simple pleasures, and we couldn't agree more, especially when it comes to coffee. And you know that I love coffee. What's better than a steaming hot cup of coffee in the morning? I'll answer that. Not much. Especially if you're drinking a cup of Boyer's Coffee. They've been at it for a long time. Boyer's has been roasting coffee in the Rocky Mountains since 1965. You can find Boyer's in a lot of places. Your favorite supermarkets, Walmart, Sam's Club, or stop by the coffee truck and cottage at 72nd and Washington to have a barista make up your favorite drink. And here's even better news. Of course, fall means pumpkin spice coffee. And for a limited time, you can buy that fall favorite at the coffee cottage or order it online just go to boyerscoffee.com and see their amazing selection of coffee you will absolutely love it boyers coffee a proud colorado company welcome back to the dave logan podcast dave logan and julie Brown. And you going to say anything about your kansas jayhawks being five and zero? Oh? i just wanted to steal a little bit of your thunder
1: yeah well and where will I-
0: coach leopold be coaching next year
1: Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, oh yeah, me it too. It's how everywhere. Oh, stop. Me too. You know what? I
0: hope he's coaching in Boulder.
1: Oh, I wouldn't. Well, I actually would mind that. Just let me enjoy it. I think they just came out there either 17 or 19.
0: That's great. I mean, he's done such a good job. I yeah. mean, to be coaching it. I mean, you and I both know that's a basketball school. Yeah. And to do what he's done. Uh, is America's nothing team. short of remarkable. Is there what?
1: America's team. They're not America's yeah, team. Yeah, they are.
0: They're not America's team. Yeah, they are. Nobody Everybody's... outside of the state of Kansas roots for Kansas.
1: Oh, I totally disagree with you, dude. Who? Because when this is like you every think year. You people in
0: Texas root for Kansas?
1: When you, a team blows for years, they have blow, 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 blow. And then they're undefeated. I think a college football fan you likes think the story. You they've got the Rocky thing going? yeah. The more da, da, that they da, da. win, please insert music, Marky, please.
0: Okay. No, listen, I think um, no, he, I mean it's been it's been great. It's been Do you I, root I, for them? It's been I don't root for him, but I I'll tell you what, I respect the hell out of what he's done, what yeah. that staff's done and those kids. I mean, that's that has been brutal. Yes.
1: When I first when I went to school there, there was an ad in the UDK, which is the the newspaper for the school the college that it was like, Hey, want to walk onto the Kansas football team? Come on out. Because literally, did, you think about it? <laughs> did I ever tell you I tried to, I was going to try out for the women's basketball team
0: at Kansas. Yeah. No, you don't know the story. Well, no, no, so, I'm trying to sort of picture this.
1: So I was, I was, Oh, make this quick people. I was the center of my high school team, Colorado Academy, um, you know, center. So I'm not that tall. I don't know what I was thinking, Dave, but I wrote a letter to Marion Washington, who was the coach at KU. And I... She was a former Olympian. Yeah. Great lady. Asked about trying on. I I literally do not know what I was thinking.
0: Did she write you back?
1: She did. And she invited me to walk on. So this is what happened. Oh, God. I know. I know. So I don't make a big deal. I was just like, well, I'm just going to go watch practice. I'm already nervous, like, talking about this. So I got my, you know, basketball stuff on, my shorts, my T-shirt, my... My shoes. I wasn't going to partake. I just want to watch. What would you wear? Like PF flyers? What would you wear for shoes? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I'm blacked out right now because I walked in and I took a look at these women and I knew this was not the place for me because they were really, really good and they were really big and I felt like I was going to get demolished and that's when my broadcast career started.
0: But so no. you didn't even practice?
1: No, Dave, if you had seen these women, you would have said, you are one smart lady. They just were so good. That's
0: where you lace up your sneakers and, and what? you say, bring me some of that.
1: Some of, us, some of us know our weaknesses. Dave, they were like twice as big as They're ours. They're not
0: twice as big. <laughs>
1: they were 12. You're like, 12. Five, how
0: tall are you? <laughs> five, six. Okay, there's no, okay stop <laughs> and think about this. Did they have any women there that were like six six? Yeah. No.
1: Yeah, they no. did. What, a woman can't be six. A woman can be,
0: but back 40 years ago, nobody at Kansas that played women's basketball was six
1: six. It wasn't 40 years ago, and there were some large women, and they were very good. Well, how
0: many years ago was it?
1: I can't really do math. 30... It wasn't 40 years ago, dude. I didn't go to college when I was 12.
0: Okay, 30 <laughs> years ago.
1: It was like 30 years ago. Okay. Can we talk about the Colts now? Sure. All right. Colts 1-2-1. and one. They just lost to Tennessee 24-17. to 17. Wasn't supposed to be this way for Matt Ryan, was it?
0: No. Uh, I think Matt Ryan and the Colts were a lot of people's pick in the preseason to be one of those two or three teams that legitimately had a chance to make a deep run in the playoffs. Yep. So, I mean, Matt Ryan has been hit a lot. He's not looked comfortable in the new offense. It, 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 there, there are some parallels here, Right. I mean, Matt Ryan's played a long time, and I mean, has had a great deal of success. Goes from Atlanta, the only team, the only franchise he's ever played for, goes to the Colts, gets plugged in in a new city, a new system, a new head coach. He's he's the same quarterback, and he's looked at times like he does not have a clue what's going on. So that's that's what I mean. It just takes it just takes some time, <clears throat> but he's he's a very talented guy. Uh, I, th- the Colts are dangerous, I think, Thursday night. Um, they haven't played very well. Uh, they're fast on defense. They can run the ball. They've got an excellent offensive line. So this is, I think this is a tough matchup for the Broncos. I really do. Especially given the fact that they're banged up and it's a short week.
1: Well, he's, his numbers, his turnover numbers this year, talking about Matt Ryan, are pretty jarring. Nine turnovers, yep. five interceptions.
0: He's made some bad decisions, right? And and he's been hit a lot. Mm-hmm. And when you, as a defense, when you can affect the quarterback, you don't always have to sack him. But when you can affect him, when the rush, when you start to see and looking at some tape from time to time, he's he's got uh, he's he's got happy feet a little bit in the pocket, which you know in the previous offense. Uh, or offensive uh, concepts in Atlanta, Matt Ryan, the ball got out of his hand pretty, pretty nicely and pretty quickly. And so it, it just hasn't, it hasn't meshed yet for Ryan. So let's can hope that it doesn't happen on Thursday.
1: Can we predict a great game for the Broncos defense, considering there's a tremendous amount of talent last weekend, I think they would all like a do-over?
0: I think it's, I think it's a bounce-back game for them. You're going to be without Randy Gregory. I think anytime, um, time you, anytime you get 200 plus rushing yards put on you, it should be and most times is embarrassing. Yeah, you are embarrassed. And the Raiders, I mean, that game had ebb and flow, and the Melvin Gordon fumble, and all, all the stuff that happened. But the reality is this. The Broncos offense scores after the K.J. Hamler deep throw. Wilson runs zone read, gets in the end zone, kick the extra points. 25-23 with six minutes to go. You've got to find a way to get a stop. There's a third and six there. You have to get off the field. Raiders just methodically, with a couple of big plays, went down the field and scored. Um, and they ran it right down their throats. So that's, that's what I talk about playing with a sense of urgency. And desperation, and the Raiders had it. And uh, uh, Jacobs ran the ball with such power and determination, and and Denver just didn't do a good job of tackling him. So long-winded answer to your question. Yeah, I, I you know, if the Broncos' defense is made of the right stuff, and I think they are, they will bounce back. And. Uh, they will take it very personal in terms of what happened in Las Vegas.
1: Last thing before I let you go, just referring back to the Kansas women's basketball story that didn't go great. There's more. Right? No, there's not any more. So, didn't quite succeed, right? At that.
0: Well, you didn't even give yourself <laughs> a try. Who knows? Are you familiar with Rudy? I am. You're, do you like that story? Love it. Well What would your name be? It couldn't just be Julie. Uh, I guess Julie. it could be. It would be Julie. Julie.
1: My question to you. I mean, obviously, we all know your sports background. Has there ever been anything that you were bad at? That you just, oh, like a club that you joined? You were in the band. I know you are yes, good at that. I was, no, like what? I tell was me. fourth
0: chair. I was fourth chair trombone. I don't even know what fourth chair means. That means like, there's four chairs and I was last. Okay. I was the last chair, fourth chair trombone, trombonist. And I just loved music. So I was in stage band. I was in symphonic orchestra. Uh-huh. I was in jazz band. I loved them all, but I sucked. I was not, I was just, I was, I, you know, I, w- I wasn't any good. Um, but I love, I love music. But I, but in, in terms of sports, there's been, listen, golf. <clears throat> I mean, I, I at one point was an average golfer, but I haven't had time in the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years to play a lot of golf. Uh-huh. So it is frustrating for me because um, I hate doing something that I'm not good at. So when I get up, you know, in the tee box and, and swing and then slice one. Like from where it should go all the way into another fairway, Mm. it just pisses the hell out of me. (laughs) So, so I want to get better before I go 10 toes up. Okay. I want to go, I want to get better at golf. That would be the one thing. That's a goal of mine.
1: Do you ever go to Top Golf?
0: Uh, we did the last time we were in Vegas, like 18 guys, we went to Top top Golf. That was more, that was more of kind of like a, Fun three day weekend <laughs> that is is somewhat of a blur. Okay, so you just get up and swing out of your shoes and right. you know, talk yeah, talk a lot of smack and yes. yeah.
1: Okay, all right. Well, now we know what's on your bucket list. Yeah,
0: if you, if I took you before I let you go, uh, or maybe you're letting me go. I'm letting you. Uh, if I took you to a free throw line today, uh-huh. and I gave you ten shots from the free throw line, realistically, how many would you make?
1: Two. Two. I shot 20% in
0: high school. But I will wait, attend. wait, wait. You shot 20% from the line? Yeah. No. Dave, yes. S- seriously? Yeah, Dave. What the me... hell, why in the hell would you think you would want to walk on the University of Kansas? I mean, I seriously. Know. I don't know. That'd be like me saying, you know what? I'm, I, I think maybe I'm going to ask for a tryout on the four-by-one team with the Olympic track team. <laughs>
1: Dave, I was a tenacious rebounder. I was a freaking 20%? Great. Did I you know, shoot I've... underhanded? <laughs> Do you know who Shaquille O'Neal is? Who Shaquille O'Neal? Of course I did. Okay, so he was a great player, but stunk at the free throw line.
0: That was he me. was seven one and three <laughs> fifteen, and averaged thirty a game and fifteen rebounds. I could
1: rebound like no other. Ask my coach. Yeah. Who doesn't
0: talk to? Oh, uh, listen, I, I I now know more about you than I did before <laughs> I sat down.
1: I don't know if that's a good thing. Okay, I'll see you next week.
0: Au revoir. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet From live betting to betting on your favorite players, they really do it all. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts. New boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. It's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code LOGAN, L-O-G-A-N, when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code LOGAN to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.